Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. On the show, you'll hear from everyday people changing their lives doing property development. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they face along the way. We'll also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to accelerate your property journey. I'm your host, Amanda McEwen, and I'm a founder of Rising Star Developer, and I'm really passionate about helping everyday Australians build lifestyles using property development. Um, So welcome everyone. Today I've got Karen who has transitioned from renovating into developing and I'm really excited to interview Karen because she's got a wealth of knowledge and experience to share with you all and it's been a fascinating journey just watching her transition into development and I remember Karen a conversation we had not even a year ago where you said my goodness why didn't I come across property development earlier. Um, so it made me laugh when you said that. I'd love for you to elaborate more on that further as to, uh, you know, what made you say that? Mm. Well, it's interesting because I know when you tell your, your your really great story, you touch on that I think you dabbled maybe like once with renovating and then kind of saw the light and went on to property development. And I'm like, oh, damn, why didn't I do that? Because it took me about 50 renos um, to connect the dots. So um, I call it the evolution of the renovator. I think a lot of people start off in property renovating because they're comfortable with it. They've got an investment property. They might think they're handy. Um, so I think it's pretty common. A lot of people renovate to start with and, and maybe do a few. Um, and there can be some great returns, but can be a bit hit and miss as well sometimes. Yeah. There's not always those layers and buffers that you get with property development and that you teach us so well with risk management. Yeah. So I guess it was a bit of a light bulb moment to go, okay, um, you know, we can do something in the end products worth 500000 we make a 10% return on that, or we do something that's got an end product value of $2 million and we make 15% on that. And it was a bit like, um, let me think about that for a split second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say it's the evolution of a renovator because I, I, almost, it's almost like another step forward because a lot of people start their property journey just doing the buy and hold investing. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, you buy yes. your own house and then you want to become, an, you know, you get into this whole wealth creation bubble and you, you know, want to invest in property and that's your first thing and you realize that's not going to get you to where you get to and then you try renovating and you realize it's fun but it's a lot of hard work. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I felt the right. same way that you did that's as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like the journey. And I remember feeling the same way that you did um, when I got my head around this whole property development. It's like, you know, it almost is like a no-brainer, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And and too, um, Hubby Scott and I have talked about it. We've got um, older boys are off doing their own thing, but our youngest block is um, halfway through high school. And we're sort of, you know, as you said, renovating is really labour-intensive. It's like, oh, crap, the tile is on site tomorrow. Are the tiles there? And, you know, you get a phone call from the plumber. Oh, sorry, cows, we hit a pipe. Oh. Um, and we were increasingly going, okay, well, when Lockie's off doing his own thing, we don't want to have that labour-intensive of having to be on site and troubleshooting and, and doing all that, you know, um, as much as the tradies are nice. You know, I don't want to be on site with tradies every day. So yes. we've also seen it as a transition way to, I guess, um, be able to have that more laptop lifestyle down the track. But mm-hmm. I love that you can do this from your own home or an office or, you know, a beach house two hours away or by the pool in Bali or, you know, drinking um, coffee in Italy with our yeah. sun over the top when we can do those things again. So it was also that. It was the financial returns, but it's also as a return on investment for your time. And I think a lot of people don't factor that into renovating. They They can work. 80 hours a week on a reno for two months and say, oh, I made 50,000. 
but my response would be, but if you look at your hourly rate, you're worth like, you know, $25 an hour or whatever. Whereas you look at an hourly rate with a development, uh, and I know you very much teach this is, you know, if you're doing it well and even with multiple projects, it's a couple of hours a day. You think you do that to make even say 200, 200, you, know, you might be working off even really, you know, if you didn't do it well, you're probably making a thousand, you know, $2,000 as an hourly rate. Yes. So I think as I get older, and Scott and I get older, we value our time more. So yes. when we're going to do something, we really want to get the best return for it. So then when we're not working, we've got more playtime and, and more money to do the things that we want to do. So as you said, no-brainer all round, really. Yeah, and it's funny you raise that point because I know that when I've spoken at, in various events and said, oh, look, you know, it only takes me – you know, five to ten hours a week to run five projects. Mm. I almost look around the crowd and see people's eyes roll back and go, "Yeah, right, whatever, <laughs> Amanda." Um, tell me from a student perspective, like, you know, is that totally. the reality? Absolutely, totally. It's it would be if I look at how I spend my time in a week between Scott and I, it would be probably the least. You know, running the projects and, and you know, probably the labour intensive with renovating as well is finding the deals. Once you get up and running and you nail it and all the things that you teach us, the processes and the checklists and your A-team, it's, you know, A-team was so important when we were renovating. It's, you know, super equally important when we're developing. If you've got all those things in place, it does just kind of, you're just kind of directing traffic, like air air traffic controller, I guess. Um, So I look at our week and I spend a lot more time doing other things um, than we do on, on managing our projects. And we're the same as you, we've got. So I'm looking at my whiteboard. Um, five developments, um, a, a piece of land that we're flipping, and a substantial reno. Um, and probably, you know, the, the reno is probably taking more time and energy than the five developments combined. To be That's honest, so that gives you a really good idea. So, you know, five developments. We've done five, six, seven renos at a time, and that was stressful beyond belief. Yeah. To run five developments at a time is like, oh, this is pretty crazy. I'm still having Fridays off to have a massage or Scott and I go have lunch down the beach or um so it is it is really much a lifestyle business as much as the returns on it. Yeah, and I'm so glad you say that because it's all very well uh you know me saying that that you know yeah it's a lifestyle business only work a few hours but to hear you know students like yourself actually saying, you know what, this is a reality. You're out there in the trenches right now, you're applying the stuff that I've learnt. And I've got to say, you know, you've amazed me in terms of how much you've really embraced you know, the education as well. And you haven't had experience renovation, but you've really embraced the knowledge taken from what I've taught you and then mm-hmm. made it your own and then really hit the ground running. And like to be, to be not even 12 months into this program and have five developments, uh, you know, in progress right now mm-hmm. is really, really incredible. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. that can take people years to get to that. And the fact that you've actually gone, okay, this is – I remember we spoke earlier when we had our one-on-one. You said, okay, my goal is I wanted to – you know, you had lofty – um, profit goals, mm. and you went, okay, this is what I want, and this is how I'm going to do it. And then you set that in stone, and then you've just gone and, and gone out there and found the deals and put yourself out there and applied the learnings, and you. you're going to get the results as, as, a, you know, you. as an impact of that. I have two favourite words in life. My, this stuff drives my kids nuts, but it's, it's about being consistent and persistent. And yes. I think that's really been, and plus the education. So we very much, we're very coachable people. We've yes. always had business coaches and property coaches and life coaches. And, yes. um, so we're really big believers in that. So for us, it made sense. And we love the fact that we had someone who was in Adelaide as well. Yes. I mean, um, being Adelaide people, um, certainly learnt lots from lots of people all over Australia, but it was something nice for us about having that connection. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it certainly is, it's about being consistent and persistent. And particularly when we're in something like a hot market that we're all mm. experiencing over Australia, 
that's the difference between those who are, are doing deals and those, in my opinion, and those who are not at the moment. So every development deal we've bought this year, we've bought on market at auction. Yeah. And wow. if you had told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have assumed our deals might well have been coming from, you know, agent relationships, pre-market, maybe some off-market activity. So I look at that and go, that's just because we keep rocking up. And, yeah. and there's been times where Scott and I have got there and there's, you know, 20 people registered and we're like, oh, and when we've got our number, you know, we've been taught, well, we've got our fees, we've got our, our buyer with a little bit of flexibility depending yeah. on how competitive we're feeling on that day. Um, yeah. And there's been times that we've thought, oh, we're going to get smashed here and we've got it. And there's other times we've thought, oh, we're looking pretty good here and we've been smashed. Yeah. So the difference is we just keep going. And my favourite word we have in our household is next. Like if it doesn't work out, we're not attached to it. Yeah. And you've got to have an exclamation mark after the next because it gives it more impact. So it's next. Yeah. We didn't get it. We move on. We look at the next place. We, we do the next lot of numbers. And if we keep doing that, we'll know we'll get there. So that um, goal that we set with you when we started with you um, was certainly not, I think, I'm not sure we've been within eight months or something. So we've actually smashed that goal. And at the moment, we're 15% above it. Wow. And that was a lofty goal as well. That was our massive stretch goal for us. It was beyond anything we've ever done before. Yeah. Um, so it just goes to show you with the hard work and the education and following, following the processes and the procedures and the mindset too. I think, you know, we, we do have the mindset and you're great with this as well. It's just about, um, I can achieve this. Like it's, there's really no limit to what you can do. It's, it's really about how many hours you want to put in and I guess how much you're prepared to take on risk wise. Yeah. But you use all those processes. I feel less stressed doing five developments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think at the moment we've got like $15 million worth of its gross realized value of all our projects. I'm far less stressed about that than I was when we had Remos that probably had a total of three or four million dollars in gross realized value. Because I guess we've just got that process, the education and the A team. So sorry, that was probably a very long answer to your No, no, absolutely. It's, it's amazing because, you know, you had a seven figure target. So it was huge, and I, and you know when I when we first met, you said you explained the background, but when you went, okay, this is my number, bang, and I went, wow, that is awesome. Firstly, that you had the confidence to go, you know what, that's my number, mm. because it takes a lot of guts to be able to go, I've got a significant number here, and that's what I want. Yeah, and to to know that you'd smash that is is so incredible. Like yeah. really, I hope you've actually taken stock to realize how amazing that achievement is. Because sometimes when you're running 100 miles an hour, hmm. you actually forget to go, hang on a second, pat in the back. That yes. is pretty damn awesome. Funny you say that because my coach, my business and life coach said that the other day. So I made a big thing that Scott and I, we got a nice ball of verve and we had a grazing platter. So I took photos and said, see, I'm celebrating because you're right, that is very common. Um, I think if you're a focused person, yeah. Um, you do, you kind of go, oh, well, I've ticked that box. Now what next? Can I smash it by 25%? So, um, that's been an important part, but I think I'm more reminded by, I guess the life that we live every day is to me the reminder of, of the success we've achieved to have those choices that you talk yeah. about to go, oh, I'm going to have a massage today. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to do much today. I'm going to hang out with the kids today, or I'm just going to sit in the sun and read a book. Like that's, um, that's a privilege, but it's also yeah. a privilege that. Um, we've worked very hard for and, you know, take on still even now workloads and elements of risk sometimes that other people don't want to, which is totally cool. Yeah. But then it's like, well, that's the reward for that. So, yeah, yeah. it's funny you say that. 
Yeah, it's absolutely, and it's funny you say that because I just came from a massage. I had uh, every few weeks, <laughs> I, you know, it's part of my non-negotiable is yes. self-care, and you yeah. know, to be able to get up this morning and go, you know what, awesome! I've got um, dropped my kids to school. I've went, gone and had a massage. I'm having this amazing interview with you right now, and then this afternoon planning some great content to share with people. I mean, how lucky are we to be able to do that's that? Right. Yeah, oh, that's right, exactly right. And but you know, it's um, it is a privilege, but it's come from a lot of hard work. And I know you've worked incredibly hard, and you've yeah spent a lot of time and money on your education and um, you've made, you know, mistakes along the way, nothing too catastrophic, but you certainly yeah. like, and that's, you know, part of what we learned from you. This is where it can go wrong, guys. Yeah. Um, so I think if you embrace it, and I think that's the, the whole thing of having a really open mindset, mm. you know, constantly, you know, I, I always have this philosophy, how can I be better this year than last year? And that's not better in terms of money, but better in terms of how can I know a bit more about myself and yeah. how can I have improved my practices and my habits and, you know, my business skills right through? How can I be a bit more of a tolerant parent this year? Yeah. I think so. I think if you've got that, and that's what's great about the community is within, you know, Rising Star, we're yeah. very much, people are there because they want to learn and grow and stretch. Yeah. Um, and to me, they're the people that you want to hang around with. Hang Absolutely. Out with. And it's not just about property, is it? It's actually people oh. there that help you, help lift you up when you're feeling like you're having a, you know, Absolutely. challenging time and can't find the deals and get frustrated. And yeah. to have that, especially as a, as an entrepreneur like you and I are, when you, you spend a lot of your time working from home and don't necessarily have that traditional work around, hmm. work Waterfall around support. you. Support. <laughs> support. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely lovely about to tap into that and feel like you're part of the community to help keep pushing you on and to help learn right. from. That's right. Yeah. And that's why the sharing, as you said, I think is really important to see, um, okay, right, you know, pick and share the highs and the lows. Like, yeah. I think that's really important too. Like we don't want to live this glorified Facebook lifestyle that, oh, my life's amazing and, yeah. you know, fantastic. Like we've, we've gotten things along the way, you know, in business and property and life, you know, it's got no joke. We've probably got a couple of million dollars worth of lessons right now, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you, I, I, you know, you're not a true entrepreneur unless you've lost it a couple of times. So yeah. um, I think it goes with the territory. But certainly when you're in a community where you can maybe shortcut some of those mistakes um, and, and have that support because it can be lonely and you hear a lot of people too as they change and evolve, you kind of your friends and even your family group change. Like I know there's a lot of people that don't talk to family and friends about what they're doing. Mm. Because then there's judgment. Yeah. Property developing, oh, that's so risky. Oh, that's, you know, that's for the mm. big, oh, property developers are, you know, not nice people. Yeah. Um, not nice people, you know, they're just out to rape and pillage the suburbs. So yeah. I think as you evolve, your sort of friendship group changes and evolves too. So it's nice to have that. Uh, that security, I think, of like-minded community, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you raise a certainly an important point and it's something that I've found as I've grown this business. Ironically, you know, I've always been a private person and I'm studying on social media and, <laughs> and some of the, uh, some of the comments that you hear from people being, you know, mm. uh, can be quite hurtful. And, and I've had oh, to, and as a developer, same as yourself, you know, you have to almost rise above that and go, okay, well, why am I doing this? And, and you, you, like, like myself and yourself, we're creating much needed housing. And I yeah, think, you know, the, the, the title of developer can sometimes get a bad rap. Yes. Because we're yeah. out there taking the risk, we're creating, we spend a lot of time, money, effort and manage that risk as well to create housing for people to live in and create memories. And, and I think sometimes that gets lost in, in what we're creating. So. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think all, and just we're, I think we're, you know, without, um, blowing smoke up at us, we're an important part of the economy. If I think about how much in the last seven years, over 60 odd deals, how much stamp duty we've come yeah. into the economy. <laughs> And then the stamp duty that gets created at the other end for the product we've done. 
and the trades and the building companies mm. and all those things that have been real estate agents and styling companies mm. like we do. So I think um, we should be proud of what we do. I think there's a little bit of a reluctance sometimes to use the D word um, because yeah. you don't want to have that view, but I think we should be really proud, as you are. Um, yeah. I think it's a great example. So be proud for what you do mm. because we're actually making a really important contribution. If we always do everything we do with a win-win mindset and that's whether we're from buying it right through to, you know, working with our trades and, and the buyers at the other end, um, then I think we should be proud of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually worked out um, a couple of years ago, I think it, I worked out that it's almost 100 people we employ directly and indirectly wow. through every project. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. Which is incredible, isn't it? And, that's, and yeah. you understand why, given the times we've been living in right now, why the government has you know, supported construction and put money into grants because there are so many people that are touched and affected by that. So, um, yeah, it was quite amazing when I worked that out and it's something we need to recognise. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, so there's been a lot to be proud of. Sure. Yeah, no, so true. So let, let us talk about some of your projects that you've gone into because it's it's amazing what you've done. So let us know what you're doing and, and the journey and your time in and out and, and what you're hoping to returns you're supposed to get. Yep. So I said we've, we've got five on the go at the moment. So since we started, since we, we came on with you. So in sort of in between, we did Renault's for a long time, kind of got a bit jaded with that and, you know, probably, um, Renault fatigued, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess we kind of transitioned into land splits for quite a while. We kind of, um, tapped into the opportunity last year when the home builder grant came in. So that was really good. We kind of did a lot of land splits, just even some one into twos, mm-hmm. one into fours. Um, some only had little, little, Profits on them. Some had bigger amounts, but it was a good practice again to start building up the A team and, and transitioning. Did a couple of um, small developments, but really kind of embraced it when we came on board with you this year. So we've got um, we're building six single stories in a, a western suburb. Um, we've got two southern suburb projects. There's six in each of those, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got uh, three townhouses in another southern suburb. Um, and then we've just gone into a more premium suburb for us, and we're doing sort of uh, one into three houses, um, townhouses, high-end build for sort of the down downsizer market. So very different suburbs, very different price points, um, and I've probably gone and just thrown the whole area expert that you teach us into disarray. But I guess we came from the point of view that we've been area experts in quite a long area for a while. Because we get to do this all day, every day, we feel comfortable in in fishing, I guess, in a lot lot more, a larger pool, just because we have that time and the energy. Because there's myself, there's Harvey Scott, and then we also have Linya, um, our assistant, who works with us about 20 hours a week. So we've actually got a lot of concentrated activity Mm. in looking. So we're able to, uh, to throw the area expert formula a little bit wobbly. Um, but very different, and again, but in each instance, we know our market really well, and I've yeah. always been really passionate. I'm a bit of a property nerd. Like I love demographics and population growth and, and things like that. So even when we were renovating, we were really mindful of our markets and our demographics. You know, we know if we're doing a family home, well, then, you know, goodness, don't rip the bath out of the bathroom to make a bigger shower. Yeah. So even though we're in very different areas and price points, we're really mindful of, you know, the different products we're producing. And, again, we're tapping into our networks with real estate agents in each area and sort of confirming our strategy and our pricing and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. And then we're still in the midst of all that, got a significant reno on the go um, in an inner city suburb. Um, and then we've just actually got a, a double block of land. We've actually just moved it on rather than developing it um, for a bit of cash flow. We've been able to move that on for a nice profit. Um, 
So we like the idea of having a few different, I guess, types of projects and yeah. timeframes because yeah. developing is great and the payday is great, but it's a long time off. Yeah. And those five products, they'll, you know, we'll be drinking the good stuff at Christmas next yes, year. Yes. But in the meantime, you know, we've still got school fees and yeah. groceries and rent to pay uh, on an office, you know. So um, we like to have a bit of a mix, I think, for shorter and longer term um, uh, flows. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And cash flow, you know, you, you're right, you need cash flow strategies. And, and that's the amazing thing. It's funny, I'm just uh, putting the finishing touches on my next virtual event that's on in a couple of weeks, and that is purely cash flow focused. Right. Um, yep. So just to top up, you know, in between yeah. your paydays, which are nice and lumpy, but you're right, you still need to get some cash flow coming in the door. That's and right. so you can still put food in the table and, uh, that's right. and you've got full fees and, you know, yeah. you've got a great view to pay for and maintain and all those things. So yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And that's the, the amazing thing because, you don't necessarily have to go and complete every single deal. Um, and like you've got ourselves with a land division that we're going to, you know, split off and put house and land. And, and you can be in and out of those projects in three to four months. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, depending on when you, you know, you settle on your land, when you buy them and you settle. And yeah, that's right. I think that's the amazing thing. But by being exposed, and this is one thing I really love about our group coaching calls, because everyone gets to hear the different types of strategies that you can apply. Because mm-hmm. there is the, the umbrella property development strategy when you follow the bouncing walls and complete the whole project. But there's so many parts of that process that you can do. You don't have to complete to end. Not you, can, you know, you can sell off land. You can uh, get a land division, sell the whole site with plans. There's so many different ways of creating cash flow. And, and once you actually understand what income you're wanting throughout the year. You can mm. have a short-term plan and a long-term plan and then just choose projects to yeah. uh, get in and out. And as we spoke about, there's always, you know, you always want to have multiple exit strategies for every single deal, and it's something we speak about in most of our modules in the training. Um, and that's something that with, with my deals, I'll look, okay, I've got this this here. If I can put this out, this is going to be my profit here. But if I cash out now, it's going to be my yes. profit here. So what's the time value of money and the opportunity cost? And you weigh all that up and, and what cash flow do you need? So... There's so many different ways of slicing and dicing deals, and it's great to see that you're doing all that too. And I think having your radar up to what's going on around you. So there's one that we have on the go at the moment that the intention has always been to go through to the build, but we're actually producing quite large blocks. So we are doing that. Are we better off rather than in a year to make X, you know, that, or in, in six months, or probably less than now, three or four, to actually make not too far off? So that would be good for cash flow and and obviously with what's going on at the moment with construction and price rises and things like that. So we've sort of, um, in terms of what we're looking for at the moment, our strategy is we think probably the next three or four will be land splits. So we're looking for bigger land. So we can just go in, as you said, in three or four months, still good returns, but without that all that back end now of having to worry about construction and, okay, well, you know, we're fees angling at this, but we're probably going to now now allow another 10 or 20 or even though the end price. So just for clean and expediency, um, yeah. But I think it's good just to always have your radar up. So this um, block of land that we're flipping on, we originally were going to renovate the two properties on there, cut some off, do all these, and we actually looked at it and the return for just flipping it on because we bought so well, the return was just as good to be in and out in like two months. That's amazing. You know, it's it's um, crazy. So, yeah, I think it's just always about having your radar up and being very aware of what's going on around you and what the trends are and what the market's doing as well, not getting yeah. too detached. To anyone end result or strategy. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, in terms of the five projects, uh, what sort of average return are you looking at getting for each of those? Is there an average, or they really depend on what's? On oh, what's some are do. certainly chunkier than others. Like the, the premium one, the premium in acidic one we've just bought. Um, <clears throat> that's got out of yeah, massive. So we've learnt from you, like um, you know, a minimum fifteen percent. So we do our fees those. 
And, like, you know, we would have thrown away hundreds that yeah. don't get to 15%. Or we got, we'll got still go to the auction but know that, you know, our buy price is so far below what, you know, their, their reserve would be. So um, across the board, so anywhere from 15 through to about 25%. Yeah. Um, so, um, which is great. And, again, you know, in renovating world, you're kind of aiming for 10% off, you know, a much lower um so, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it gets a little nerve-wracking at time when you look at all the end value and, um, you know, the borrowings and things, but you just yes. go, well, we've done the research, we know our stuff, we know the end market, um, we've got lots of buffers in there, um, we've got a good team, so you just have to keep backing yourself and he who keeps rocking up gets the choppies. Yep, absolutely. And so with each of those projects banking six-figure returns, yes. you know, you're looking at a seven-figure return in, in 12 months, so which is absolutely amazing. So if you think about the average person, and I would think about myself, if you had to work to oh. earn that sort of income, how many years would that take you to earn that oh, same money income you're going to be banking in 12 oh, months? Totally. Like making like a decade's worth of income. Yeah. Eight plus in like a year. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you sort of think, why aren't pe- more people doing this? Yes, and it's funny, isn't it? Because I guess because it's the world you live in, you assume that everyone thinks like that and you yeah. assume that everyone knows this and everyone's across this. But if you say to people more often not that you're a developer, most, oh, I could never do that. You know, my sister says to me, I don't know how you sleep at night. She's very risk averse. Yeah. So obviously sucked all the risk, risk genes in the, in the gene pool. <laughs> so she freaks out if she's got more than, you know, $100 on the credit card. Yeah. Um, and then you've got me, she goes, I don't know how you do it. And it's like, I don't know, I'm just probably built differently. Yeah. So I think you have to be built a certain way, mm. but I think you also have a certain mindset and a certain yeah. risk tolerance. And again, you back yourself, like you, you know, everything that you've taught, there's nothing speculative about that. It's right. very, because you, your first mantra is, you know, managing the risk. So, yeah. um, I don't feel like I'm doing anything risky. I feel like I'm a lot more of control in my life mm. than the person who is, you know, PAYG and maybe working for a company that's not doing very well. I look at that and go, well, that's pretty risky. Yeah. You know, your, your income ceilings, you know, really tapped. That's risky. Um, so it just it depends how you look at risk. Absolutely. I think the last 12 months, you know, this, you've heard of a lot of people that have lost their jobs because of you know, the COVID world and mm. companies no longer had a, I mean, so then it shows you the PAYG traditional income is not necessarily all that risk averse either because That's you're right. at the mercy of a company going, you know what? I, I no longer need you now. Bye. And then you've got to go out and find a job. So I see that That's just right. as risky as what we do. So. That's, that's right. And I guess, you know, for probably people like us, I'm not saying you are, Amanda, but maybe you are, like I'm a bit of a control freak, you know, and I like it. It's, it's kind of <laughs> a you. Yeah, it's a bit like it's the Karen show, um, <laughs> just because I like to be in control. So for me, that would be just, I can't imagine, I would be stressed yeah. by not being in control of my own destiny. And look, I, I know I can't control everything, but I'm responsible mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Um, and so you can do that within your own business a lot more and your own projects than you yeah. can at the whim of. But, you know, I guess I, I get we're all different. But yeah. um, I guess that the attraction who have that mindset and that risk tolerance, that is certainly, I'm sure, the attraction for your group. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also you hit the nail on the head earlier on in the conversation where you're saying, you know, the financial independence you get from being able to do this, like when you're earning 10, 15 years of income, mm in 12 months. Mm. I mean, that changes lives. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's totally, our lives are totally, have a different, totally different perspective on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just, it gives you choices. That's what I've always Choice. been. Yeah. It's not about the money. It's not about the bank account. It's about the choices and the options. And to me, it's a bit like the oxygen mask too in the plane. Yeah. It's like, if you're doing well and things, you can help others a lot more. Yeah. You know, 
you're not helping society. I hope this is not sounding judgy, but you're not helping society by playing small and being average. You can help society and other people and, you know, I'm passionate about small business and women mm. in small business. So, you know, I'm looking at ways to be like an angel investor and things like yeah. that. So to me, that's, um, that's really powerful. And so that's not just about, you know, having a nice car or a big house. It's about what you can actually do and contribute and make a difference as well. And I think of being a really good role model. Yeah. Your kids, that's really important. You know, that your kids don't listen to you. They watch you. you know, oh, absolutely. Do. And they so do. And, um, and yeah, having that choice. And when, when you do so earn a certain amount of money, it, it, the money, whether you earn another six-figure or seven-figure amount, right. it doesn't really matter. But the choice, and that's something I really underestimated, the mm. impact that choice had on my lifestyle. Like it was almost yeah. taking a massive weight off your shoulders of that struggle of day-to-day and how you're going to make ends meet. So then not mm. worry about that. And it does enable you to open your mind and open your heart to think, okay, how else can I be of service to other people? And, and you get so much more joy from being of service to other people then any money is going to give you, and that's why I love the Rising Star and why even speaking to you and see what you're doing gives me so much joy to know oh, that I've helped helped you, you know, make some oh, money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember you listening to you talk for the first time, Amanda, and you spoke about how the goal was to get rid of the mortgage, get rid of the, get rid of the mortgage, but you didn't actually, until it happened, you didn't actually realise what that meant. Like it was almost this mm. light bulb moment. Oh, that means it's not all that money every week. Mm. We have that now. And yeah. it was funny how it was such a goal for you, but it was only until you got there that you actually felt yeah. the difference that it made in your daily life of not having that money and not having to make sure that get paid, that gets paid before everything else. So um, that sits with me. I think of that story a lot. Um, I think you, you don't really know until you get there and you go, oh, wow, this is like this is actually really powerful, but not in my power trip way, powerful yeah. in terms of what I can now do and be for other people. Yeah, absolutely. So you've done five, you're doing five projects at the moment. I'm guessing you don't have pockets of uh, gold sitting in your bank account to be no. able to fund all those projects. No, exactly. How are you doing five projects? <laughs> so a bit of everything. So we've always been, been a big fan of money partners. We use yeah. money partners a lot, um, uh, even though smaller price points and things are developing. You know, if you've got seven renos on the go, you still need a fair bit of um, coin to do that. So we've always had money partners and we have a really great network. Some have been with us through dozens of projects and they love the returns, they love security, they love sort of the vicariously being a property renovator or developer. Yeah. So many partners are a big part of it. Um, we have really good, again, a big part of the A-team is having a finance person that's really yeah. across developing um, and has a really good contact themselves of different lenders with different risk appetites and different interest in projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um um, you know, I've done a bit of joint venturing where we can use our own SMSF, not financial advice. Yeah. Own, but, <laughs> yes. you know, we've been out so because that's can be a frustration. You yeah. have a nice chunk of super, but can't use it in your own project. So we have another one where we're joint venturing, so we can use some of that there. Um, and yeah, a little bit of uh, of our own war chest mm. at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. A good combo. And again, I think that's a good mix. And I, I never want to be. In, I've never been in a situation where I haven't been able to fund a deal out of yeah. like sixty plus. Projects and so that's a big part of what I do within the business. My role is kind of fund, fizo, fund, fund. So I find the deals, you know, fizo them in consultation with Scott. Um, yeah. and then when we get it, it's my job to to line up the money and things. So um, it, yeah, it's great and it, a lot of people love it. They, they get really great returns, as you know, your investors. I think really good returns. Yeah. Um, they love what's going on, um, but they're not having to do the, the hard yards or have that knowledge themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you know, money partners have been the key reason the way I've been able to scale my business to and most mm-hmm. other people who do developments. That, that is the key. Using money partners to be able to then really scale your business is how you, you do it. Okay. Um, and, and I, I don't know if you're the same, but I also get so much joy when I can return that money back to the investors. Mm-hmm. How much, how excited are they when you go, okay, well, here's, Here's twenty, thirty, forty thousand, and yeah, all my investors will go, oh, awesome! I'm going to put a new kitchen in once I get that return, and yeah. and you see yeah. how excited they are and the joy that brings them to get return their money, and, and so right. you're paying it forward that way as well, which people probably forget as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think we worked out before developing, even just renovating. I think we worked out we we paid in interest back of like something like one point seven, one point eight million yeah. over the years. In interest, you go, well, think about that across all those investors, what that meant, as you said, for their family and, you mm. know, getting their house paid off or educating their children or whatever's important to them. Um, yeah, so it's a privilege. I mean, it's a big responsibility, yeah. you know, and um, anyone with integrity doesn't take that responsibility no. lightly. And it's always, um, you know, if you think of if, if things weren't to be right, it's always, you know, protecting everyone else first. Absolutely. Um, so, and I think people get that too. They understand mm. that integrity and transparency. and. You know, some people then even go too far with it and can get a bit greedy sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I can get 25% over here. And I've had people that were money partners with us for quite a while and they go, that's not quite cutting it anymore because we're going, we've, we've found someone, we've met someone and they're offering 25%. And sadly, I've had several and they've come back a year later and that, that money's gone. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, big chance of their home loan, their home equity or their super or whatever. So I think there's a fine line between – I always talk to people about you need to match up. You want to be like-minded. Absolutely. So just because um, someone's got a line of credit and a pulse doesn't necessarily mean they're a good money partner. <laughs> just because someone's got a deal doesn't mean they're a good project partner. Yeah. So I think it's really important to match up and, and have similar values and, and that transparency and communication. Um, I think goes a long way to finding out if there are any little speed humps along the way too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like um, choosing a money partners, and it's like any any BA team really, money partners or mm. builders. You just don't take anybody. You've got to make no. a good fit for both of you. Otherwise, you don't. You're in it for a bumpy ride. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And it, it, that's where it gets it, that's where it gets messy. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather move on. And, and I've had people that I've declined as a money partner because I've just felt they're not a good fit or if they're a control freak and they want to know, you know, can I help choose the tile colour? No, that's not how this works. Yeah. I'm like a jack people saying, what's the best type of money partner? I say, oh, one that lives interstate. (laughs) 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 One that's not driving past the project. Texting saying, oh, I'm just wondering, why are you doing that? You know, so uh, again, it's, you know, control freak. So love to have you involved, but. Oh, that's amazing. So in terms of our listeners that will be watching this or listening to this, what's one key bit of advice you would give to somebody who's either starting out or is just teetering between renovator mode into considering development? Um, what's one key that you had touched on it earlier, so I think I don't know what you're going to say, but what's one key bit of advice you think would actually help somebody get their head into the game to think, okay, yep, I can do this? I think firstly, do do what works for you. Like I think it's really easy to go, oh wow, look at Amanda and Karen, they're doing seven figures. But but again, if that's not your risk appetite, or um, <clears throat> you don't feel comfortable with that, and you know there are lots of people that have um, challenges around mindset with money and things. So I think it's really important. You know, there's that corny saying, you do you. Like you find what works for you. What what is our model or someone else's? Be open. And so I would say, educate yourself. Yeah. Um, do the work. 
talk to a lot of people, do that work, but you actually really need to look within yourself and go, so what is your why? Yeah. That is a lot. Um, What is your why? So it might be just to have, not just, but it might be to have a side hustle. So it might be that renovating a cosmetic unit, Renault, might be what works best for you. If you want to be hands-on and be really involved with it and have it as something secondary to other things, well, then maybe developing's not the way to go. So I think it's just be really open, um, look at all sorts of things, consider it, uh, research, but then just really tap into what you want and what you want to achieve and what you're comfortable doing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, uh, you know, being a student for life, you know, no yeah, you've done, and we've both done you know a lot of projects you always will learn something new on every single project and there is right. when you ever get to the stage where you think you know it all you're in a bit of trouble there oh absolutely <laughs> and, and that's why i'm constantly looking and i'm probably a bit of a seminar junkie if anything but uh, I, I think even if i read a, one book or listen to a podcast or go to a workshop or when you can do things like that um if i just get one thing even yeah that makes me think a little bit differently or work, is worth researching or has just changed my whole thought pattern, that's that's worthwhile, let alone being part of a whole community and having an education program like you, like yours, which can take people from, you know, very little to a lot very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Karen, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely okay. amazing to hear your journey and I have no doubt the amount of people that can listen to this and go, wow. She is incredible and inspiring, and that's one of the key reasons I wanted you to share this, your message with everybody. And so if there's somebody out there thinking, oh, you know, I can't do this or I'm not sure if I can do it, you know, we're everyday people. Of course you can. You see us walking in the street, Absolutely. we're very different. Yeah. Uh, but we just, we just keep rocking up, Amanda. You know, that's the, the consistent, persistent, you know, that we just keep rocking up, we keep trying out, we keep trying different things um, until it sticks. And that's really, that's the difference. So, and, and thank you. We're super grateful to you, Amanda, and to the community as well, because we have learned a lot. We have been supported. Um, and I have no doubt, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today um, if it wasn't for that. So thank you for that too. Thank you so much for listening. This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. This podcast was produced by the Rising Star Developer. We've been helping Australians realise their financial and lifestyle goals since 2020. And we play a pivotal role in educating, supporting and celebrating the goals and successes of our students. To find out how we can help you realise your property, wealth and lifestyle goals, head to our website www.risingstardeveloper.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Building Lifestyles, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review as it really helps others find the show. I'm Amanda McEwen and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you build your lifestyle.